Another Gallon Roscoe's Vedacious Horror Podcast. podcast. Um, oh, it's a, it is Christmas because you didn't bitch. <laughs> my name is Roscoe Bacon, <laughs> and I'm joined as always by my co-host Santa Claus, <laughs> my dear friend and the bane of my life, <laughs> and recently awake, <laughs> Gallon Roscoe. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Are you gonna tell the boys and girls <laughs> that I was asleep in my bed and my door was open and you just walked in and sat in here for an hour? <laughs> yes. But I did. I, I switched the light on and tried to rouse. Tried to rouse me. But to no one. Steady. Steady. I know. Why couldn't you just use the hand instead of your whole mouth? <laughs> I just said, "Go, go," and. He didn't respond, so he was snoring, so I thought, ah, leave him there. <coughs> oh, was I doing the Bob Dylan snore? Um, no, no, no. Yes, it's all back to the Christmas episode part more, one. More terrifying than that. Um, so yeah, this is our uh, X Massacre yeah. special part two. Part two of those. Um, and this week we're going to be discussing uh, Black Christmas. Black. Oh no, no, sorry. Yeah, Black. no, Black no, Christmas. no, no. No, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. No, Black yeah. Christmas. Black Christmas was last, last week with yes. the bitches and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fight the power, ladies. Um, Silent Night. Yeah, the, the remake, remake of yep. Silent Night, Deadly Night, <laughs> Part Two. It's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life because it is. Yeah, and uh, rare and exports. Rare exports. Yeah, a Christmas tale. So I should probably ask you: Have you watched anything additional this week? Uh, I have. I'll just grab my list. I don't like that we've started to have lists. It's uh, it's, it's, it's bad news. It encourages it's, your bad behaviour. It's just my memory aid. <laughs> have you not got AIDS? <laughs> right, that's <laughs> the season to have yeah. AIDS. Yes, memory la 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 la, my memory's shot. <laughs> um, so this week you've watched There's Your Last Stare Rare Exports okay. Christmas Evil mm-hmm. It's a Wonderful Life Superman 2 So there are two Are there different cuts of Superman 2? Am I thinking of the wrong uh, there, Or is that the, the, There's one that's the Richard Donner cut And it's a kind of It's a slightly And it's kind of Better respected to see the first Superman or second one And it might be the the second one. Right, okay, okay. Because the second one is uh, the one the that... the standard version that you watched then, I take it. It was on Channel 5. Okay, So cool. it was probably, it just had like maybe some breasts added to okay. it or something <laughs> like that, just to be able to be shown yeah. on Channel 5. <laughs> there was maybe an extra racist overtone <laughs> <laughs> just thrown in. Okay. Just to cheer up the Channel 5 crowd. <laughs> so it was, 
you know, it was maybe they took some of the actual plot out. Yep. Just to to please the Channel Five crowds. <laughs> And maybe the. I'm a great fan of Channel 5. Uh, I think any channel that bases its output <laughs> entirely on uh, documentaries about Jack the Ripper and CSI is is pretty good in my book. It had a, it had a documentary on the first night that they didn't show. <laughs> like the launch night of Channel 5, there uh -huh. was a big documentary about a serial killer that was meant to be on it. At eight ah, o'clock at night, uh -huh. and they couldn't show it for legal reasons. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah, yeah, that's a fucking so brilliant start way to start your channel. Yeah, because it's it was launched by the Spice Girls. My memories of um, Channel Five are pretty much the Red Shoe Diaries, starring the young David Duchovny. Oh yeah, I I didn't <laughs> even know they were on Channel Five. I think yeah, I'd given up watching by then. <laughs> but you see, because I'm like pure old and jaded. Your diary. When did Channel 5 start? Was it in what, 96? I don't know. Yeah. So that's cool. I did like Sunset Beach. <laughs> if anybody wants to, to find out basically most of the stuff that happens in Sunset Beach, there's a video on YouTube which is uh, a 15 minute video that Loaded gave away on the front cover. Ah. Where it's the, a year and a half of Sunset Beach described in 15 minutes Fantastic. everything that happens wow. in it and it's just insane great <laughs> yeah, like, here's Maria mm -hmm. she's trying to stop Ben getting married to this other woman so she and now she's just got her memory so is this on YouTube? it is yeah wow so there you go okay and what else have you, have you managed to watch? Uh, You've just put the laptop Rare Exports uh huh you've said that pick the last up again I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> You've got AIDS, use them. <laughs> Lifeblood. Right. That's for next week, I think. Is that, is that the pro-life movie that... Uh, no, it's, right? it's, it's about... It's so not, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's about two women that, that die in 1948. Uh-huh. And they die on New Year's Eve. Ah, well done. And then 60 years later... Uh-huh. You'll like this. God. Not a lot. God has boobies uh -huh. that you can see. Good. And is a bit of a lesbian. That's that's beautiful. That's a good start. Yeah, because I know that. You, I can't believe we, we were talking about it's a wonderful life on the phone the other day. It's it's not got any boobs in it or anything. Is that the best way to make you watch a film, it's got some boobs in it. Um, well, this is this has no, got sacrilegious boobs. No, no, boobs. I'm not so much. It's not just it's nudity generally. Nudity and gore are really the, the kind of things that I'm interested. In. Well, <laughs> Lifeblood you will really enjoy because it's a film that shows a lot of promise and is at the same time absolutely diabolical. <laughs> Great. It's That's really cool. bad. Okay. You think that you're going to have a brilliant film to mm -hmm. watch based on no premise of two lesbians brought back to life by God and what you actually get is two lesbians visit a fucking garage. <laughs> they visit a garage? Because they're, okay. they're kind of brought back to life by God uh -huh. as vampires. Right, well that makes sense. Yeah, okay. you know that because I think the they're meant to be like angels. Mm -hmm. And of course, everybody knows that angels can't go out in sunlight. Well, that's as otherwise they go on fire. You know, that's always been the problem. Remember those bits in the Bible where, <laughs> like, and Mary's 
and Mary beheld the angel and then the angel exploded into a ball of fire and that's that's what the yeah. Christmas star was that the three wise men followed. Do you know folks, I think that's something that we can all relate to. Yeah. yeah. So, Spaceman, game travelling. Oh, you guys, you guys recorded a cover version of that, didn't you? Yeah, it was, a, yeah, it was very good. But, uh, <laughs> it was also given away for free. We asked Christopher's management Mm -hmm. If it would be fine for us to give away a copy of a uh -huh. cover version of a spaceman came travelling completely for free, and they said, "Well, no, you would have to pay." She just did it anyway. So we just went, "Okay, that's we won't release that then," <laughs> and then just stuck it out. It was a it was on Mega Upload. There we go. So, but it was awful. There's a, there's another reason why Mega Upload. Uh, yeah, it was all my fault. Yeah. It was Christopher's management that had the entire website shut down. Yeah. Just to get at your mom. It does have that kind of power. Okay. But what, yeah, what, uh, what and uh, loved ones, and that's it. Right. Okay. You watched loved ones again. Yep. Cool. I watched that just because we talked about it on the best and worst thing mm. that doesn't come out till later. Mm. When is that? Is next week. Yeah. Yeah. We're not in charge of that. No. I think the only The Moth Ones comes out next week? No. The Devour the, the Podcast episode oh, right. that we're on oh, yeah. where we talk about the loved ones. Yeah, in the future. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was trying but to we remember. recorded in the past. I was trying to remember what, what video it was, what film it was that I actually saw this week out with. Um, Oh, have you seen an extra one as well? I have seen one extra one. You've been loads of time. I'm very excited. Um, it was uh, The Last Exorcism. Oh, I, I've, I've seen it and then just can't remember it. I quite enjoyed it, I have to say. It's, um, I think I watched it late at night. Yeah, it's, it's one that I expected to be uh, your typical kind of exorcism film. <laughs> well, um, to put a wee hint to that yeah, in the title. Sure. And it wasn't. It, that's what I've, I've kind of... I've put some remarks in, on Twitter and the only thing that I said was don't don't be put off by the title because uh, so we got So I just laughed at it. It's really weird that my microwave just keeps starting and mm -hmm. stopping. That's the L. Exorcism, yeah. yeah. So, there we go. So, should I re-watch it because I don't really remember it that well? Yeah, I, I, I think there's value in it. It's, um, <laughs> it's, it's not one of these... Uh, you think it's similar to Power Stretcher? There's a bit of value in that. What's well, that? <laughs> I sound like David Dickinson. Oh, there's a good bit of money chips. in that one. Um, but no, it's no, um, it's no this Evan Seal, but it's, uh, it's alright. Mm, Seven Seal's alright. <laughs> it's not the kind of thing that you're gonna be, you're gonna be remembering for the rest of your days and um, <laughs> passing down to your your family. And to be fair, you've known me a while. How many how many things do you think? I remember at any one time. <laughs> you know, things that I have earmarked for remember until the end of your days. <gasps> Christmas Elf! Well, that, that Christmas Elf was in the kitchen for ages. Say hello to everybody. Hello to everybody. Yeah, you... Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking festive, that wasn't it? There we go. Christmas. I'm sorry. That was, uh, that was, uh, ha ha ha. Imagine me, ho ho ho. Fuck's sake, you just can't train these elves, but we'll get on to that in rare exports yeah, later on. So, so that was our little Christmas elf. Yeah. Yep. So are your, how are your Christmas preparations coming along, Gil? <coughs> they're, they're doing not too bad. 
what I did was this this is really good. You know how your mum knows what to get everybody in your family? Mm -hmm. About three months ago I just gave my mum a load of money. <laughs> and she's kinda gone about and You're the shittest Santa I've ever and you get rid of your your big Christmas. I've got rid of Christmas fever or, But that's she looked like a kind of young uh, Buzz, King Buzzo, Buzz Osborne there. I was going to shave it on stage tomorrow night. <laughs> why not? Why did you Why did you decide to... I just couldn't be asked. There we go. I've got it in a bag. Do you want my beard? No, I definitely don't. Why do you keep it in a bag? Why else would I keep it in? I'm not going to put it in a fucking box. Put it in the bin? Uh, yeah, it's in the bag, in the bin. You're like one of these holders when I'm going <laughs> to come around one thing and you're going to my beard. Can you open a cupboard and you're just going to be like a jar of all these jars of poo? I once sold my beard for £20. You sold it? Did you have good A guy oh. called Ferg. A wig manufacturer. That was uh, when your mom were at the height of her fame. A man called Alan Ferguson bought. My beard, because when I had like the long goatee, and it was all, I had like an elastic band around it, and mm -hmm. there was like an inch and a half of beard all straggled underneath the elastic band. Mm -hmm. I chopped it off and sold it to him for 20 quid. And he bought a, a little vial oh. of Johnny Mono's sweat, oh. but it had to be gig sweat. That's for 20 quid as well. So somewhere out there, oh. there's a man who has the capabilities of cloning your mall. Oh, <laughs> He'll be going, you know what, I, I don't want the drummer or the bass player or anything. <laughs> I just want to clone the guys that did the Chris DeBurk on. You're the real talent lies. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I once sold my beard for 20 quid. That's, that's not too shabby. Do you know what? I've got a, I've got a sign. You've got a wee bit of a beard. Yeah, just laziness. No, it's got a sexy. Laziness. Um, sexiness. I've got a, a... You know what it says in the Bible? What's that? Laziness is next to sexiness. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, cleanliness is next to vaginaness. What is it Billy, Cor Billy Corgan says? Billy <laughs> Godlessness is emptiness, and emptiness is loneliness. That's despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage. <laughs> so that's Jobby. <laughs> so that's Billy Connolly. Uh, Billy, Billy Corgan and Billy Connolly and Bob Dylan all in one go there. <laughs> See, and I bet you were sitting here for that hour when I was asleep, thinking, not only is my podcast chum apparently dead next door, oh no, finally he's snoring, that's okay. But you probably, after that, go, this will be like pure awful, I can't just sleep. So there you go, you're bright and breezy now, though, so that's quite good. Yeah, I'm like, I don't get hangovers, and I don't take more than two minutes to wake up. There so you go. Good fine. for you. But you were out cold, man. You were absolutely. So that, that's what happens. I I don't. I'm not like a kind of nap person. Uh -huh. If I fall asleep, it's then it's just asleep. That's cool. I made that mistake the other night at half past six, where I thought, oh, this is a bit boring. I'll just like have a wee 
you know, you know when you you decide, ah, oh, instead of sitting on the couch, I'll just go to lying on the couch oh, a bit with a cushion. Oh, I'll 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 be okay. I won't fall life. asleep. And then next thing you know, it's like half past nine, <laughs> and you're going, ah, oh, that's fuck my sleep gone. Never have to stay awake until seven in the morning to get your four hours of sleep. <laughs> so, um, so oh, yeah. you've got your keyboard. Oh, that's a. <laughs> that's dark. That's a that's a mod wheel. Yeah. Actually, no, that was the pitch bend, wasn't it? <laughs> It's gone very muse all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm going to play a little song on the guitar later on. Are you? Wow, that sounds exciting. Oh, please don't. Just a wee bit of Christmas. Oh, God. It's going to be I said I'm going to play a song on the guitar later on. You went, oh, wow, a wee bit of Christmas. No, I don't. I'm no fucking sure. Christmas song. Sure. No, because you're going to do a wee monologue over it uh -huh. as well. Yeah. Okay, you see, I could have told you this in advance. I could have told you this like, last week, but I just didn't bother. There we go. Because I thought it'd be more fun. Yeah. You know how you're not the sort of person that gets stressed out easily and you don't mind a wee bit of pressure. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. That's, that's me to a T. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Fuck. Big happy Uncle Roscoe. <laughs> Kids must adore you. <laughs> Here comes happy Uncle Roscoe. What are you doing today, Uncle Roscoe? I'm just thinking about the fucking homeless. What are you doing? <laughs> right. On that. On There's that more than one big issue, you know. <laughs> okay. And they're all worth a pound. <laughs> big issue's £2.50 now. Is it? And I don't agree with the big issue because you have to have an address to become a registered seller. There we go. It's for the homeless. How the fuck can you be homeless and have an address? Yeah. Okay. I actually, I always used to buy it in Partick mm -hmm. when I would go down to Partick with my uh, late departed grandmother for her uh -huh. shopping. She would always get the big issue off the same guy. Mm -hmm. And then I saw him on the south side one night and he was shopping for like proper groceries and stuff in a co-op. And I thought, Man, I can't afford to shop in a co-op. Oh, fuck that guy. If he's made enough money selling the big issue to shop in a co-op. Right. Let's, let's swiftly move on with it. Uh, with it oh, next, Waitrose. And raging our listeners even further. Um, That's... Our, our, our listeners live on rage. I think we should uh, take a break and we can uh, come back and we'll discuss the first film, which is... Uh, a movie. Right, okay. We'll be back after this. This is Jamie from Devour the Podcast. Do you enjoy horror commentary with straightforward honesty? Oh my god, fuck this movie. Fuck this movie so hard. Oh my goodness, you know. I, halfway through this movie, I was just like, let's get this thing going. Fuck this movie. Okay. <laughs> Humor and an obvious passion for the genre. I like the cut of your jib. The ceiling, Grandma. Don't make me get out the broom. Oh, your tears are like wine. They used to call that the vapors. Cupcakes are kind of the shin list of desserts it's it's a, a pure good i love the idea of up-and-coming horror directors taking on the found footage genre i really really like that idea 
And that's really the worst thing you can commit as far as filmmaking is concerned, is making a film that's just average. Well, that doesn't really inspire any kind of discussion, whether it's, you know, to rip it apart or or praise it. Then you should spend time with David and me. And Bo. As we discuss horror films from old classics. Deep Red. Empire of the Ants. Lisa and the Devil. The Baby. The Toxic Avenger. The New Favorites. Absentia. Cabin in the Woods. The Loved Ones. Shadow of Death. VHS. The Woman. Check us out on iTunes or at devourthepodcast.blogspot.com. Devour the Podcast is a proud member of the Horrorphilia Podcasting Network. All right, so we've now decided that the movie... This is getting a bit... Movie. Yeah. It's getting a bit kind of X-Factory. The movie. Why? It's going home first. I thought you were going to be dance there. You know what? I'm going to scare you. <laughs> I'm going to scare you with my massage bill again. Right, please don't. <laughs> It looks kind of rubbery and I, I don't know where it's, it's not, been. it's actually plastic. It is, right. It's been on your shoulders. Yeah. It's and genitals. Um, Why would anybody want to rub their genitals with that? Just get a cucumber. You're in the house a lot. You try everything. <laughs> I think that the, the cucumber is the ultimate genital replacement. Right. Come on. Because guys can hollow it out and, and ladies can. Right. Just not so, so. The Silent Night, Deadly Night remake, which is just which called, is called Silent, Silent Night. Yeah. That's it. Um, this one doesn't have a story. It's just. Let's get more of a story. Really? Then. Let's uh, get more of a backstory. What does If you watched it properly. Right. Oh, in fact, maybe I've missed all the subtleties and. Uh, oh, no, it gives you an entire backstory for the killer. Yeah, right at the very, very end. Oh, sorry. Do you like it up front? <laughs> Like the, like the story for Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Yeah. That's how you like your film delivered. That's basically a 40-minute recap of everything that you need to know. And then... By a guy moving his eyebrows, lots. Yeah. 40 minutes of disappointment to follow. Billy. Billy! Punish. Punish. Right, okay, Naughty. so... So Malcolm McDowell is a... Dick. Is a, a cop. Oh, well, yeah, he's, but he's also, he's a bit of a dick in this. It's good, mm-hmm. he, he plays, he plays a dick really well. Right, well, synopsize it then, synopsize the, the film. Right, uh, there's a town that really likes Christmas, <laughs> to the point that they have like a world-famous Santa parade, mm-hmm. which seems to consist of more people than actually live in the town. <laughs> And so it's good for the local economy. So yeah, that's, that's something, it's, right? But well, yeah, yeah. Bruce Springsteen would do a benefit for those people. <laughs> He'd turn up and be like, hey, "Every day is Christmas Day," and they'd be like, "Nah, Bruce is not." Strong communities. Day one, Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, right, so, so people yeah. just start getting bumped off mm-hmm. by a man who's dressed as Santa. Mm-hmm. Who is punishing the naughty? Yeah, and the first the first murder is awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I think that's that's the kind of the the, the kind of. Uh, it sets the tone perfectly for this film. If you don't like the first murder, then there's no point in watching it. Mm-hmm. Like being electrocuted with Christmas tree lights on. Mm-hmm. It's not even that it's the Christmas tree lights that are electrocuting him because he's got like that metal thing yep. bolted on in his head. <laughs> but it's all hooked up to Christmas mm. tree lights. 
he's done up like a kipper. Yep. But not an actual kipper, because then he'd be dressed as a fish. Yep. And why would you put Christmas tree lights on a fish? You're quite correct. <laughs> You're quite correct. Um, so yeah, I would say that's the one thing this film's got going for it, is the kind of the bizarre uh, deaths. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think the the very the podcast of uh, had a, a lot of fun already pointing out that it it has a wood chipper in it mm-hmm. that gets used properly. Mm-hmm. Unlike. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they they take their time about the wood chipper as well. I thought the wood chipper scene was horrible. It was uh, very disturbing. Yep. I don't think it was anywhere near as disturbing as when those four girls dressed as like sexy Santas were singing that fucking song. <laughs> Which one was that? The the four girls that are all dressed as like sexy Santas. Oh yeah, and right they, enough. They yeah, yeah. Oh, and then the, yeah, the, the Reverend uh, taking the pictures uh, of But the thing that annoyed me about the Reverend taking the pictures of them is he didn't take one good picture. He should have taken one good picture and then, because <laughs> like, he keeps zooming in yep. on breasts. You know, you can't say this is for the parish newsletter and, and all the pictures yeah. just be breasts. Malcolm McDowell was quite funny, isn't it? He was. He was quite good. And like he's, he's, he's hit his stride now of, uh-huh. I know that I will never get a massive starring role mm-hmm. yet again. He played, um, he played the part about, like, uh, reminded me of in Father's Day, the, uh, the, the kind of Ahab character. Where, uh, just just way, deeply cynical. Well, just the, the deeply useless kind of way, like every tip that he, he had. that useless. He was just... It seemed to be every tip that he was giving people was just totally either off base or to try and get them to do things well, so that he could... Yeah, so the, he, and, or that he could avoid having to do anything. <laughs> so I thought that was really funny. Um, and then there was obviously our garbage day moment as well. Yeah, there was some good callbacks to the the original, well at least the the first two. I didn't spot a great deal of callbacks, but I've probably well there's there's two very obvious ones. The world the garbage, garbage day. Garbage day. Uh-huh. And uh, you, you missed the bit where there's a girl impaled in a stag head. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean that's yeah. Yeah, I think you should go. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but I mean that's like the set pieces at like, the first Silent Night yeah. movie and they knew to have things like that. And, and they also they didn't do the cheap thing of trying to impale her through the breasts. Mm-hmm. They impaled her through the same uh-huh. place that the girl in the first one was impaled. Oh and they also had the, the bit with the grandfather talking to um talking to his grandson yep. being catatonic for ages. So they, they use some of the some but of the elements. The grandson's not a wee kid this time. Mm-hmm. I quite like the fact that now the grandson is naughty because uh-huh. he like steals his money. It's not by any stretch a remake, though, isn't it? No, no I, I think it's a really good standalone film, mm-hmm. and they've left it open for sequels. But mm-hmm. but even I think it'd be better if they just didn't mm-hmm. make a sequel and just left it as it is, and then in twenty years' time somebody else can mm-hmm. do a remake. What I would say is that I. I didn't enjoy this one as much as as much as I have the, the other movies I've certainly watched over the course of the last, the last couple of weeks. Um, Christmas Evil. I mean, this, this one to me, the uh, Silent Night remake, was... It felt it felt very much like a, in the, the kind of modern horror... Um, mm. Modern horror. And a bit too long. Yeah, a bit over long and... Whereas a lot of the films we've been watching have been quite uh, grindhousey, uh, quite quite sleazy, um, 
dirty This has got a little nod to Grindhouse yeah, it does, it, but, it, but it doesn't go it's, it's all the way in. It does feel like a very modern, modern horror film. And I mean, I like, the, I like, for example, the mask that he used was cool. It was, yeah. It was pretty good. Um, and the fact that there's a reason for him wearing a mask as mm. well that you then get to find out later mm. on. Sure. You know, I hate it when they just wear a mask so that they're hiding. See, I was unsure about that. I was unsure about whether the injuries that he got, um, because he was obviously he was the yeah. son rather than. Aye, the, he's the, the son of. So why would he have why would he have marks on his face? Well, I I thought that he was kind of doing it because then people would think it was his dad. Ah, I see. Fair enough. Cool. That's, yeah, that's what that I makes thought. Perfect I thought sense. it was. Yeah. Because that was like, there's, there's an old guy that tells like, the myth of the mm-hmm. Santa Claus yep. killer, and so I sense. thought that that maybe it was meant to be that there had been the Santa Claus killer uh-huh. who was then carried on. It was yep. like the the Billy and Ricky mm-hmm. type situation, yep. but but without Ricky being. I think we should have said like <laughs> spoiler alert. We've totally. I was we just, haven't I was really just thinking, spoiled it that much. I totally have. I was just thinking like. Uh, Do you think I, anybody has listened to this? knows that we ever give a shit about spoilers. <laughs> we really should start. I really like it's... that Sixth Sense film, the one where Bruce Willis <laughs> plays the ghost. <laughs> shit yeah. like that, that's... I think we're pretty bad for that. That bit the... It's... Right, don't mention My high tension for fuck's sake. I really like that bit of... Shut uh, up! The, in the, the Lord of the Rings, oh. where they, they get to Mordor and throw the ring and then, then Frodo dies. Right. <laughs> yeah, so would you recommend people check this film out? Or? I would, but I think we can still say more about it. We can, we can spoil more sections of this film. <laughs> <laughs> There's a nice little porn thing in it where you've got the, the guy that does the porn and they, they all get killed in the wee porn place mm-hmm. with the camera running and then when he shows you the footage you've got like Malcolm McDowell just Obviously not wanting to fast forward, just, just uh-huh. watching the girls and going, Who is she? What is she doing? But then, of course, you get the you get to see the Santa Claus killer up. Yeah, I thought that was really good. That was, that was one really pretty good moment that, that really Because it showed that he didn't give a fuck. <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't the... Because you, when you're watching it at first, maybe he's not aware of the camera and it captures yeah. everything. And then when the police are watching the tape back, he's right up at the lens, just kind of going, "Ah, you filmed this." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I thought that was nice. Yep. And the wood chipper. I really, I, like I really hope she would get away. It was one of those kind of things where you're like, "Oh God, I hope, I hope she gets away." I don't know. I found her pants annoying. Those like frilly French knickers. Right. No. But I thought it was hilarious that she's running through the streets. <laughs> Just yeah. a pair of French knickers. Yeah. And when when you're trying to escape a psychopath, always run towards an abandoned lot full of Christmas trees. Don't run towards people. Because <laughs> then you might endanger them as well. Yep. Christmas trees cannot be hurt by psychopaths. <laughs> so that's that's one of the lessons of Christmas, isn't it? Do you really have more to say about this film? No, really. I, because I'll be honest, I don't really. And you didn't really like it I, as much. I, well, you it's, enjoyed it's one of those it, kind of but it's middling. It's the kind of thing where you maybe go and see it at the cinema, and it's 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 what you pay for. It's exactly yeah. what you pay for. But it's, it's, not, it's the three pound twenty five. Exactly. So. It's, it's nothing more than that, and that's. But why is it not two ninety five anymore? 
That just atrocious. That just seems so atrocious. Good. So, um, rare exports next? Do you think or? Uh, yeah, rare exports is uh, is a, a film about a man that sells polystyrene balls. It's to, really not. To places that don't have a lot of polystyrene balls. <laughs> okay, I think you've seen the different film. Oh. Um, <laughs> Okay, so the start of Rare Exports, you get this uh, this college kind of cheerleader type girl called Debbie, and she's she's on a Greyhound bus, and she gets to I think she's in Texas Dallas, somewhere. Right. Okay. Um. So Rare Exports is is awesome. It's a finish. Yeah. Oh, we've done. <laughs> <laughs> so we start off. Um, and it's a kind of excavation team being uh, being being filled in on what their task is by their. That, by that's their quite that's quite clever. An excavation team being filled in. There we go. Come on, because to excavate yeah, is yeah, to yeah. remove. Yeah. And they're being filled in. So they're they're. That's um, the two best jokes of the entire series, right there. Is finish and excavation team being filled in, and nobody will have got them. I'm sure people are more than capable of having got them. I just think. Have you met anybody that listens to us? <laughs> Seriously, they burst out laughing on public transport yeah. for fuck's sake. Do I <laughs> suck monkeys? Yeah. Um, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas to all our listeners. And um, <laughs> all um, our chunky funsters. That's my nickname for the audience. The Chunky Funsters. No, Chunky Funsters, because if you say Chunky Funsters, that's an allusion to somebody else's script. (laughs) Alright, okay, sure. Um, Yeah, because we don't do that often. (laughs) Now now people are going to think Chunky Funsters is an allusion to that. I'm going to have to change their nickname now. We do not endorse Ricky Gervais. Um, Is that who it was? Yeah. well then, definitely not. That cunt's a mong. Jesus, Johnny, right? Okay. That was. A I'd bit like of to just distance myself from that. That was satire, right? Because I know Ricky it was. Wrongly, wrongly said. Now you're explaining to wrong. me. That, right. So now you're explaining to me and to the audience. I don't know. I'd like to think that maybe our audience is uh, too highbrow to actually pay any attention to Ricky Gervais or what he says on his god awful Twitter. Good point. Or like when he goes, do you know what would be a really good premise for an entire TV series? A midget. Half of these follow Jodie Marsh though on Twitter. I'd follow Jodie Marsh <laughs> on the street. I actually, I I don't mind Jodie Marsh. I think that Jodie Marsh is actually a lot smarter than people give her credit for. I don't follow her on Twitter though. And uh, if the police are listening, I don't follow her in the street. <laughs> we all know who you follow. Who's that? <laughs> we can't say our name for legal reasons. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, uh, so if you want to check out any kind of special reports, check out <laughs> Special reports, that is. Yeah, because like, like four, like three of the last four blogs have ended up being about yeah, Nugget. Your obsession. It's not my obsession though. Mm-hmm. It's just I've had fuck all else to write about recently. Okay. <laughs> that fucking 
ugly RP right. that keeps raising our let's, head. Let's move on swiftly. Um, so it might not be that blog I'm talking about. It could be a different one. <laughs> so the excavation team are being informed uh, what their mission is, what they're what they're trying to do. Nicely raised back there. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's not <laughs> let's not go there with reindeer and well. What's the weather like? Rain, deer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, what's, what's the weather outside? Looks like reindeer. So yeah, um, and looking on are Patari and I can't remember the other uh, guy's name. Uh, um, Yoso. Yoso. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> and Patari. Yeah, so they're young kids. They're maybe what, 10, 11, something like that. Yeah, I, I think they're. They definitely look kind of like 10, 11. Yeah. It's hard to tell because yeah. like Finland, you know, surely you age differently. Kind of young, um, Patari's quite a kind of good boy. Doesn't he, doesn't he do any kind of, he, he seems like quite a straight kid. And then. But also a bit of the outcast as well. Or, yeah. or just, uh, he's not, he's not really included in the social lives of the other kids yeah. around about. And therefore he's got, what's his little kind of security? Blanket type thing called. He's got that little. Remember. He's got that little doll thing. Right. That is the. It's part security blanket. It's also kind of like his dog. Sure. I okay. thought that was really good. Okay. And uh, you saw as a kind of bad kid, and it's yeah. kind of encouraged him to do all these kind of bad things. And their dads work together, mm. and that's how they yeah. obviously know each other. Yeah. Um. So they they. Discover that there's a uh, this mining that's that's happening on kind of Ru is it Russian territory? Um, I thought it was just that the entire uh, mountain mm -hmm. was kind of like caged off. They they don't really make it clear enough sure. about there's there's only two things about this film that annoy me, and that is why is the fence round the mountain? Is it supposed to be like a uh, into Russian territory because there's a couple of mentions of oh, Russia. They, they do make I know that with the hair dryer. That's uh, cutting edge technology in Russia. <laughs> and then of course there's a whole bunch of dead reindeer. Sure. And you're like, well, why would they all have just been next to that fence anyway? Mm -hmm. You know, couldn't they just come to somewhere else? Yep. Sure. So okay. I wasn't entirely sure about those bits of the oh. film, but I think overall the film's so good that you can overlook yeah. any little flaws. So the the other reindeer have been killed uh, the following the following night, and they yep. decide to to try and uh, go up to the camp. The, the the fathers try to check it out because they're obviously I think they're reindeer farmers, and that there's a yeah his dad's a butcher. They've got their pen for yep. their all the the reindeer are supposed to be kind of herded into yeah. and then we'll all just be killed mm -hmm. and he's got like his industrial freezers and everything. Yeah. So they decide to go up to the, the excavation point to find out what's going on and they seem to have pretty much all left in a hurry. I don't think yeah. we'll see any of them after that. Uh, well, you, we you think that they've left uh -huh. in a hurry but uh, we know what happened to them because we've already seen the scene where one of them swears. Oh yeah, that's right. The, the, the people on the mountain are... They get issued with safety instructions. They get issued with safety instructions. Wash behind your ears. No swearing. <laughs> yep. It's really good because they're like... Are you the manager looks a bit like an elf as well, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. It's like a... Um, so they... Because uh, there's like a mysterious benefactor. 
yep. the, is in charge of all this and it's like he's finally found the thing he's been looking for his entire life and as soon as he's got an idea that they've found it, he's going right, here's your instructions, no swearing, watch behind your ears. <laughs> yeah. This film's weird. So the they find eventually find a, a live Santa, what they think is a live Santa. Is a spoiler in it? What they, okay. they think to be a live Santa. No, and their that's trap. a spoiler. And the roof trap. Yeah, but what they think to be a live Santa, I would have spoiled it the other way when okay. you say, oh, they just found a live Santa. Yeah. That leaves everything else a bit more mysterious. Yeah, okay. For, what, 20 minutes <laughs> of the film? Yeah. Um, and he's got his little uh, wooden, it's it's like a little wicker doll yep. type thing that all the kids in the town have disappeared, and all being replaced, replaced by. by these wicker dolls. Yep. And the only one that hasn't been replaced by a wicker doll is uh, Pietari, mm -hmm. because his dad had made an illegal wolf trap. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, sure. So it's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a brilliant film, I've watched it three times now. And See, I misunderstood that. I thought he was the he was uh, he wasn't picked up because he was a good boy. No, he so wasn't really picked fun. up because uh, yep. because of the trap. Yep. Because after they've gone, oh, there's something in the trap, and mm -hmm. the father is going like making him eat the cookies. He's yep. like, can I go and look in the trap after I've eaten the cookies? No, then you eat more cookies. <laughs> and all uh, the. Oh, the radiators have also been stolen from the town, so they're trying to work out what's going on. And the guy's wife's hair, hairdryer. Yep. Cutting so, edge technology in Russia. Yeah, so it's, we probably shouldn't have gone to any further than that. Yeah, so. we should say it is a brilliant, brilliant film. And I mean, it feels like a kind of, it's a, got a kind of indie feel to it. It's, uh, I'm sure it's got a substantial it's, budget because it felt fairly big. But yeah, and it looks beautiful. Yeah. It's... Well, it's, it's got like kind of... Finnish scenery more than anything, it's just... Yeah, but also the film's got like a kind of blue wash wow. over it as well, just to make everything look that little bit, you know, extra remote, uh -huh. desolate type thing. So it's, you know, if, if it didn't have that, then everything would just be white out. It doesn't... That's, that's not scary. Mm -hmm. But the idea that it's always... Because they put this kind of blue wash over it, it mm -hmm. always appears to be near dusk. Sure. Type thing. It's so it's actually quite a substantial budget. Um, I would say 15 million no, no, pounds no, no as much as and that. two pence. Not say 1.8 million. Uh, so still, I, I thought still, they would have spent lots of money on the helicopter. Still what people are calling low budget, but certainly more substantial than, uh, than a lot of films that we've seen. Uh, it's got really good CGI in it as well. Yeah, the, it does the actually. The way they use the CGI is, is that kind of... It's like Troll Hunter. Tastefully done. Is and it's surprisingly good as well. I thought Troll Hunter was going to be absolutely abysmal. When it's, it's one that's got a good reputation. I've not actually seen it's it. It's actually quite good. So. But it's another film that is uh, very remote settings and bit mm -hmm. of a blue wash over sure. everything. It's yeah, I think it's a beautiful film. It works really well, and it's a really nice, really very Christmassy film. It as is. Well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's one that I totally recommend. And Although I have saw to say that I don't really entirely agree with the ending of the film. Right. I, I think that for these characters that you think 
all the way through. Oh, they're really nice and they've got good intentions and everything. I think the last five minutes maybe a little bit exploitative. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> possibly. Yeah, possibly. Yep. But it was still, it's still good. I mean, they, they need to do something with them. Yeah. Um, not. I, but I'd say that it, it doesn't entirely fit with Kiyotari's uh, character sure. throughout, I, I think. Because it makes you go, well, actually, he was quite naughty. Now I know why they were turning up for him with a little wooden <laughs> thing. So, yeah, it's uh, groovy. Great movie. It is. And it's, uh, it's funny as well. And the wee guy that plays Piatari kind of holds this whole film together. Yeah, because he was he's, a badass at the end. Really good. That was really great. Aye, his, the way that his character changes. I love the, the fact that at the start of the film, you've got him running about in the snow mm-hmm. looking for his dad where he's he's got like a big fleece and everything on but he's wearing no trousers <laughs> he's That's just running about in his pants and you're like that kid must be fucking freezing yeah. and then he was like reinforcing his bum like he was <laughs> just in case he's smacked by santa which is really funny and he's got the like loop of keys tied to a loose thread on his jumper <laughs> so that if he if he falls asleep he'll drop the keys mm-hmm. that will fall into a bowl <laughs> to wake him up so yeah it's it really good and um, i'm trying to think uh, oh yeah there's a really good a really good scene as well where uh, it just made makes brief reference to it the, i mean the movie starts off with uh 20 what 24 days till christmas yeah and it cuts into one day till christmas and then the, the kind of big set piece at the, at the end um, has an advent calendar. Uh, oh yeah, that is like really good. Hangar 24. Hangar 24. Um, which is like the, the final door. Which was really good. Yeah, I like the fact that he becomes so scared of Santa that he sellotapes up the mm-hmm. door on his advent <laughs> calendar. And then after the next freaky thing uh-huh. happens, he goes back to it with a staple gun. <laughs> I just thought that's yeah. that's just an awesome film. Yeah, I really dug this one. Um, I think everybody should check this out. It's available on the Netflix and all that, and I think it should be shown every year at Christmas. It's a good job's a good. One. It is. It's a damn good film. Cool. Um, so we should probably take a wee break and um, we'll, we'll put in a wee ad of it. We'll be back after this. TV Smith. Do you like horror podcasts that are family friendly? with boring hosts with bad opinions that like to perform circle jerks on each other every episode? If you do, you're in luck. There are plenty of other podcasts and other network of podcasts out there that you can listen to. But if you like to have fun and realize that the horror genre is based on this and you want to listen to entertaining hosts each and every show talk about not only popular horror movies but also foreign, indie horror, and rare obscure gems, then look no further than Horrorphilia.com and our Horrorphilia network of podcasts. We currently host nine radically different podcasts with many more to come. I guarantee you we have something for every horror fan out there. Well, unless you're one of these people that get easily offended, don't like to try something new, or just some type of pompous douchebag. In that case, we don't want you listening anyways. For everyone else, come on down to Horophilia and prepare to have multiple eargasms each and every week. Horophilia, the sashimi of horror podcasting. It's a short one this weekend. Yeah, probably four will. films. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, people will be a bit more grateful. <laughs> we keep hitting the two-hour mark. It's like you keep saying, oh, "You don't want to hit two hours." 
Who wants to listen to us for two yeah, hours? Yeah, he doesn't want to go for two hours, such a bad idea. Um, meh. Meh? <laughs> I always think the cover, if you do two hours, it's... I, when I was, when I was uh, travelling down to air, every day I used to love it when I get two hour podcast because Maybe that was do the journey, journey. Uh, journey back. <laughs> but we realise most people don't have... Uh, two don't have a two-hour journey <laughs> to do. So yeah. Um, so which which one are we gonna? Which should we do the, the 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 big kind of classic film, or should we do the one that we'll argue about? Yeah, I think we should. We should. Well, we save the, the argument for the end to give people something to look forward to. We might we might no argue because we're quite reasonable. Purpose. Oh yeah, but I think everybody will have enjoyed last week because it was more confrontational. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so um, we usually tend to agree quite a bit, and last week we just didn't. Yeah. So it's a wonderful life. This is your choice. Yes. Um, this is one that I've never seen before. I've never you seen had, this wonderful life. You said that you weren't sure if you'd seen it before. And I, I think, thought, well, you have to have seen no, it. No, 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 I've and, not seen it. And you watched the black and white version. No, I didn't. You watched the colorized. I watched the colorized version. The black and white version was the one I watched, so that we watched the same thing. Now we're arguing. So I bet they're I'm, both on YouTube. I bet I'm gonna have missed all the subtleties that you'd possibly picked nah. up on by having. <laughs> so exactly, oh, no. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> what difference does it make? I'm, I watched the first one that came up. So my Christmas spirit ruined. <laughs> so it's a wonderful life by Franz Kafka. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have you seen that video? What? Uh, it's a wonderful life by Franz Kafka. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> I think it's like a it's like a ten minute parody video that somebody's done. It's like the Metamorphosis type um, type thing. It's quite amusing. I really like Metamorphosis. The Richard E. Grant one that was on the BBC mm. years ago was really good. There you go. So um, yeah, so this one is spoiler. He ends up with cockroach. <laughs> Franz Frank Capra. Yeah, Frank yes. Capra. Who, it's like when the name comes up, you go, oh no. No, it's not. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, so we've got our... Everybody knows this story, surely. Or well, you didn't. I didn't. So but, there you go. But most you normal mentioned. people do. Mm-hmm. We have the, the protagonist, George Bailey, mm-hmm. played by one of the best actors the world has ever seen, mm-hmm. Mr. James. Jimmy Stewart. Okay. A man who I think everybody, when they were a child, would go, I want him to be one of my relatives. <laughs> like an uncle or a grandfather. Yep. He's just that sort of character. Okay. And I really like this film because even though it's quite a child aimed film, it does. See, we always say that, but a lot of these films. On the aimed at children. I suppose maybe they weren't at the time. They're what you would call family films. Yeah. And we've, we seem to have almost lost that tradition. And I don't I don't yeah. think we've got that, that same kind of tradition anymore. And I think that's a great pity. We, that's why everybody's looking forward to Ghostbusters 3. Everything's about these demographics. Everything's about... You're either trying to appeal to aspirational ABC1s or you're trying to appeal to children yep. and trying to sell them Coca-Cola and Mickey Mouse. And yeah, even Pixar have kind of lost it these days because their films just don't seem to have the the wide-reaching appeal that they initially mm-hmm. had. You know, like Toy Story was a kind of family 
friendly film that everybody sure. watched. Toy Story 3, I think, was a film that people past a certain age just kind of went, oh, there's another Toy Story film, yeah. I'm not going to bother mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. I do think something's lost uh, there. Yeah, we, uh, we need to get that back, because we don't have Christmas properly yeah, there's anymore. There's a lot of things that need to be brought back and that need to, need to be... Sort hanging? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> But you know what I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of these traditions in movie making and in, in general that have just been lost and I think, yeah. I think the kind of interesting thing about this film from, from my perspective was that it's a, a kind of different age, a different era. Um, and perfect. No, I, I don't think that's true at all but I think there's, there's <laughs> elements there that, that are certainly that, that aren't there anymore in terms yeah. of uh, production, in terms of manufacturing. Um, and the great thing about and attitude as well. The great thing about things like Gremlins is that it touches on these things. The yeah. fact that, that these things aren't really there anymore. These. Uh, yeah, and uh, even uh, American Werewolf from London to a certain extent. There, a lot of the films that that we've watched and really really enjoyed are mm-hmm. films that seem to have this great reverence for their past mm-hmm. and their history. You know it's. But certainly the past, the past wasn't perfect, but um, I well, think no, it was, everything was in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and I think social attitudes have changed for the better, and, and I think well, well, yeah, I think yeah. a film like this, you're kind of reminded quite often throughout it that social attitudes were quite um, quite backward at times. And, and, and George Bailey's kind of a free, free-thinking kind of decent guy, he's like one of the few people in the film that you think that's the sort of person that people should aspire to being but at the same time the overall makeup of the town, I don't think there's a single black person Yeah, apart from their maid oh, Apart from the maid, yeah, yeah. So And then the, the only other people that, that aren't kind of white Americans are like a Martini mm-hmm. yeah. and the and the barman, uh, yeah. Nick. Yeah. I think like that's it. It's it's a very white film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then maybe that just reflects the area that that film is portraying mm-hmm. for the time. Yep. That's that's a a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Is because even if you go back to like uh, something that's very Scottish and you think Scotland's quite a free. Mm-hmm. Country and look at old episodes of Tiger and mm-hmm. try and find a black person in there. Yeah, but that's point. that's just the the makeup of Scotland. Is sure. the we actually do have less. Mm-hmm. We're we're quite an integrated society where we are, but we have less influx. Agreed. Agreed. So it's it's a hard one to tell when things are are disproportionate or just yeah, actually sure. proportionate. Sure. But, but yeah, that's a wee rant there. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I mean, these are the kind of things that are at the heart of this film as well. Is yep. that this is a time of change, and this is a man who's trying to stand up to the changes that are that are happening in, the, in his life. And I mean, obviously, he's Atticus Finch-esque. <laughs> yeah. So the um, certainly the the wars touched on briefly as well. Um, yeah, the the war is quite nicely added. And, and I really, I think the 
when you were watching this film, you were maybe what, an hour and a half into it, going, what the hell is happening with this film? It's just... Mm. And then you get that, uh, the, the section where everything kind of twists, mm -hmm. which is quite far into the film before you actually get to the point of the film. Yep. But I think when you get to the point of the film, they make all the points of the film so well and so concisely that it doesn't have to be long and drawn out. Yep. It's, it doesn't need to be like fucking Groundhog Day or do something you know, like that. I mean, you know as well as I do that I was complaining about how about the, the, the length of this. And I think that there's almost something you, you kind of notice more in, in a film like this that there's that length of time almost helps. Because yep. we are fully invested in the character. There's no. I yeah. mean, we get to that point where things start to go terribly, terribly wrong for George. Which and doesn't happen until after ninety minutes. Mm -hmm. But I mean, things have been going down. Things haven't been perfect for him. But no, all the way through his life, but he always tries to kind of see the best in everybody and at least try and be kind of nice and decent in you every kinda, situation. I kind of wonder if that, if the lack of character development and a lot of modern films is potentially a result of the length of the films and yeah. the, the, the constraints of the multi, multiplex uh, type type cinemas that we've, that we've got now where, where... People don't care about character development because well, you see characters on stage. The most important thing is making it an hour and 20 minutes, keeping bums and seats in and out yeah. and that's that. Um, so yeah, I just I think that there's something there that's that's potentially, um, and I mean I felt that we need more of. I mean, when was the last time you watched a film where it had really like a modern film that had really good character development? I mean, like Rare Exports was a good example of character de development for Pietari, but mm. also it's only what an hour and twenty four minutes long, and there's a lot of stuff that you're left to just kind of go, oh well obviously this has happened within his life, mm -hmm. but we don't get that and it's a wonderful life, you get yeah. his entire life story. Sure. Yeah. So but it never really drags, it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't, it, but I think that's Jimmy Stewart as well, I think the way that he plays the character is just perfect. Not it's engaging, but I mean it is, as you say, it is kind of shortbread Tanya, it is uh, very, um, it's, yeah. it's very, uh, Vastly Vastly you know what I mean? It's oh, very, yeah, it's oh very, you meant to sing that. It's very, you know what I mean though, it's very perfect and, and, and idealised. No, no, I And you're a pure singer. <laughs> so that's what it is. He is a song you had to dance on. <laughs> See, that's a very Scottish thing to say, isn't it? He is a song you had to dance on. That doesn't even make sense. He is a dance, you singer. <laughs> That doesn't really work, but he's a song, <laughs> yeah, dance up. That would work. So, but yeah, you, you do become fully invested in the George Bailey character. Sure. And I think that works really well when it gets to the point where his character has moments of just uh, doubt and disappointment and stuff like that because he only lashes out a couple of times mm -hmm. and once is at his own kids but you empathise with them 
in that because you are so invested in the character. <laughs> it becomes like you are just watching the George Bailey show. Yeah. I think in a lesser film, if you were seeing that, you would you would almost you would you would, you would change would your mind about you to the, change yeah. to, to kind of think who is this guy? Why? Um, why is he being like that? Why is he acting that way? But I think the, 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 the reality of this film is that you can see it even in the kids' faces that this is so out of character, this is something they yeah. don't understand that's that's completely... Uh, that you just totally empathise with him. And you know, because you're so used to the character, that mm -hmm. he's not going to burden his family with his woes. Mm -hmm. So, you get to watch a man who is like the pillar of the community type thing, even though he's to a certain extent an outcast because of his attitudes. Uh -huh. But you get to see yeah, all he's his the man aspirations. Yeah, he's the time in a lot of ways as yeah. well. He's, he's not really moving on with the times. And I think the... the well, he's old-fashioned mm -hmm. in some ways, but in other ways he's more forward-thinking. Yeah, he doesn't want to be stuck he's in the town, he wants to, to go and see the world, he wants to... And all his aspirations get crushed in mm -hmm. front of you slowly, bit by bit. Mm -hmm. That's really nice. But he comes to realise that the the, 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 the the greatest kind of gift that he, he can have is... Is a copy of Tom Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> That's at the heart of this film. Is yeah. Everybody should own a book with a racist character in it. <laughs> So yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. I didn't expect to enjoy it. I'm glad you did, because after last week's Scrooge, I was thinking, oh, it's going to fucking kill me. I was feeling very Christmassy after watching this. And I was yeah, um, did you have a wee tear in your eye? Yeah, I did. I, did. I had a wee tear in my I watched, eye as well. Uh, I watched the future council see him Bill and Ted directly after that, <laughs> which is, it gives me the same well up to emotion. I don't think that, <laughs> I don't I know just, why. I can't watch that scene in Bill and Ted because don't ruin it right just don't listen I, I don't want to know I'll see if there's anything that you can say that can ruin that movie in any way just don't say it I was going to say it to well the, I can well, watch it on my own but I can't watch it with other people okay because they usually object to you furiously masturbating over George Carlin's face you're disgusted <laughs> okay um, so Shame. I'm only kidding, that wasn't his face. What were we like for time? What were we like for time? We're 13 minutes to go, yeah. so yeah, we can we can do Black Christmas. No, Christmas Evil. Mm. There's just too many films with Christmas in the title. Yep. Yep. Christmas Evil, Black Christmas. Yep. Can, I, I wanted to like Christmas Evil. Sure. I okay. really did. So sh I, should we synopsize first? Yeah. Yeah. Do it in the bit. Yeah, why not? Um, do it in the bit. You do it in the bit. You keep the boys and girls entertained. Um the bit. Um the bit. Um the bit. Um the bit. Yeah, absolutely. I was just in the middle of checking to see I if was the, in the beatbox. <laughs> check to see if the Bob Mould thing had been funded yet because I've put money into that, you know. Oh, the, what is he putting he's done a do Kickstarter. Done a Kickstarter. Why does he need a Kickstarter? Yeah, I know. Well, Seriously, why does he need a Kickstarter? It's produced it was a movie. It's like a, oh, it's con a movie? concert movie and uh, a co of him. 
him and Dave Grohl and some different people were still alive. Why do they need a Kickstarter? I know, exactly. Fuck's sake. You know, Bob, Bob Mould, for anybody out there that isn't aware of him, was of course like guitarist and lead singer and Hush could do, then had a nice little solo career after they'd split, but then also had Sugar, mm-hmm. who were superb, but also probably makes a shitload of money yeah. due to the fact that the Daily Show theme tune is written by ah, him and performed by They Might Be Giants. Well, unless he just sold. Unless he just sold it like outright, but I can't. I can't imagine that he would be stupid enough to. They said they'd struggle to get distribution for it. So, uh, oh, thir- thirty quid for a for a DVD and a, a t-shirt. So they, maybe maybe they should have tried to bring it out before that uh, Foo Fighters documentary. Then they might yeah. not have struggled for distribution. Exactly. Okay. Oh, so Bob Mould also appears in that Foo Fighters documentary. If anybody can stay awake to that point, that's right. Film. Widely recognised as uh, the best of the Christmas horror efforts, <coughs> Christmas Evil is the story of a boy who loves Christmas. He is scarred. <laughs> he's, he's scarred as a boy when he learns that Santa is not he's real. He's scarred as a boy. That is my Beyonce. Throughout the rest of his life, he tries to make the Christmas spirit a reality. With devastating effects. Yeah, I added that up. I added that in because it's getting spoilery. I I don't care about spoiler in this film. He goes about and kills people. He becomes know. obsessed with the behaviour of children and the quality of the toys he makes. When he is met with hypocrisy and cynicism, the resulting snap causes him to go on a yuletide killing spree to complete this dark comedic horror. But he's already snapped. Mm-hmm. He's just, I just didn't really enjoy this film. It's so crazy. I, I, I know I wanted to enjoy it, and I thought it was funny that of all the the sexual positions to put a Santa Claus in, I didn't think that, like, the bit at the start of this film, you've got the mother in her stockings with, like, kind of very 70s pose with mm-hmm. her leg out, and the Santa Claus is just kind of down at our belly button mm-hmm. and you're like this is not a sexual position for Santa Claus to be in that yeah so, so every year I think the, the mother and father kind of try to arrange Santa coming down the, the chimney and <laughs> but they the, try to arrange Santa coming somewhere for the kids to, for the kids to see Santa enjoying the en, enjoying the, uh, the like the, the whiskey that's been laid out and the cookies and so on yeah um, and then Santa gets to go and have sex with the mum. Yeah, the kids come back down. St- well, uh, sorry, Harry comes back down the stairs and sees and his mum making out with I Santa. I saw mummy fucking Santa. So Claus. yeah, it's a very singy episode. Sounds like in the nineteen forty-seven, and then we cut back to um, Santa. And we cut back to Harry as an adult living in this kind of small apartment that's covered in Obsessed Christmas, with Christmas paraphernalia which I don't know it was it ed- ed- Christmas, Christmas jammies and stuff w- like that was it meant to be edible? Uh, to be honest you know, he, surely he's supposed to be, have been traumatised by yeah. this experience yep. and yet he's, he's surrounded himself with images of the person yep. that he supposedly was a bit traumatised by yeah yeah absolutely you know, like so like, did he want to fuck his mum? Well, there you go, that's the question. 
That's a bit of a spoiler. Because he does, he goes back to say the, the, end, man that he re, the man that he respects more than anything is Santa. Santa. And the man he aspires to be yeah. is Santa. Which and when he was a child, he watched Santa Claus being a bit naughty with his mum. Yeah. You just kicked my mess out, Yeah, you? I would, I I would say mean, that, I mean, for me, I love this film. And the, the, thing, the only thing that I didn't love about this film was the, the start. You see, I think that's what put me off, was that I just didn't give a flying fuck about the it main doesn't character. Work. It did, like, the, just, the, no, I, I, I disagree well, with that. I, I mean, like, disagree with that. Well, yeah. I mean, like, it's not that I don't give a fuck about the main character, but uh-huh. I, I didn't give a fuck about that guy playing the main character. Right. And I think that just the way that he portrayed the character just totally put me off this Okay, film. okay. You know, it's like everybody else, you could kind of see... So that's Brandon Lagart. Yeah, you could see everybody else's little bits of motivation and everything. But his performance is just so... No, I thought it was great. I really liked him in this, I have to say. I, I really enjoyed him. I just... I don't know, I, I, I felt like he, he didn't... I didn't understand the character's motivations, mm-hmm. really. And I think that the loss of the actual motivation is the thing. And I think maybe the, the problem that I had from the start was why is this kid that's supposedly been traumatised by the realisation that, that Santa Claus is having sex with his mum yeah. and therefore probably is like his dad or whatever. Oh. Why does he suddenly become obsessed yeah, with Santa no, no, and no, want no. to be Santa? And it that's, I totally it agree. It for me there. To be honest, I. I pretty much having no the start in terms of the way that I've looked at it. And I, I, think, I, I like to watch the whole film. <laughs> yeah, well I totally agree with you as well in that sense because it's there. It's there at the start of the film. It's, and it's hard to avoid. But at the same time I think that we should be thinking of Harry as a character who, I mean the description that they've given there, to me that's, that sums, yeah, yeah. That sums it all up. But He's, I think if you who, take that scene from the start yeah. out of this film mm-hmm. and just watch it without that, mm-hmm. I would have enjoyed this exactly. film. Exactly. But it's just, you've got this, because whenever you see a film that starts with a flashback to a childhood thing, mm-hmm. you go, oh, this is going to be like a defining yep. moment. Like, uh, like George Bailey falling through the ice, saving his brother and yep. losing his hearing in one ear that prevents him from going to war and yep. so many other things throughout the film. You mm-hmm. go, that's a defining moment yep. in this kid's life. The defining moment in this kid's life? This is an attempt you to... You just kind of go, yeah. what? It's an attempt to shove an, uh, an origin story. But you don't need it. it and it work. doesn't work. It doesn't work. Aside from that, uh, I loved it. Watch it from maybe five minutes in. Yeah. It's a good film, but it was I mean, just... That would certainly mean, Jenny, sometimes we discuss the films that we're about to kind of, that you and I talk about. The kind of... You should do a wee podcast. <laughs> That'd be like the nice one with no swearing and everything. <laughs> so she, she felt the exact same. She felt that the, the first bit just didn't they, didn't they fly. And yeah. you don't believe... You don't believe that that's what would have caused. Did we tell the listeners up and I found out that Jenny is a real person? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's it's not a skeleton in a rocking chair or anything. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I prefer the approach that this film took to the approach that was taken in Silent Night, for instance. Um, in what way? Silent Night, Deadly Night. The, the, oh, the, the approach that that film took was to have a, an origin sequence that was 40 minutes long. Well, no, that, that's it's it's clumsy, though. But they're... 
Whereas this, we we had the ground running. We we get to we meet yeah, Harry. Wrongly. We see his actions, and we kind of we 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 realise that he's a neurotic character. He needs a longer introduction. No, not at all. Don't you think? I mean, if you had the sort of because he's a character that everything gets uh, gets turned around for in the same sort of way as everything gets turned around for George Bailey. Mm, okay. But for George Bailey, you've got like this nice long introduction where you actually you care about the character. You don't mm-hmm. when it comes to things going bad. You go, I don't want things to go bad. I think even without the intro to this film, when things start going bad, for this guy, you, you just kind of go, the guy is a bit weird. He's like pure obsessed with Santa. Mm-hmm. So you. You've got this kind of disconnect where you don't have, you don't have any empathy for him and his position. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I I kind of I kind of see where you're coming from, and I do. I I understand these. That's the Christmas joy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. Ross has agreed with me on four films. No, I, <laughs> I understand his motivation. His motivation is that he's. He loves Christmas. He hates the consumerism that's at the back of it. Yeah, but they don't. I don't think they put enough of that in because mm. he hates the consumerism. And there's actually a really good cutscene that's been taken out over, um, where those kids. Does it show you that the that the the toy store, well, the toy company that he works for, used to be different? No, it's to do with that basically. would work. It's to do with the toys being, being shit. Yeah, um, and it's got some kids. Playing with the toys and them breaking the kids being it's, it's wee boys basically smashing the 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 soldiers yeah um, and he's saying no they need to be made out of lead they need to be um, they need to be made out of lead <laughs> that's what we need to give to the children we need to give them lead based toys fuck you they Harry to, I think they, fuck I think you. what he's meaning is that they need to be sturdy I mean yeah. that's that's the line is that they need to be made out of lead, but they need to be sturdy for them to be any good and um. I think that scene was in the version that I watched. Right. Okay. It was cut from the cut from the DVD version, certainly. Um, I, I it's like it a, it's like they go to a kind of psychological bit where those kids. It's like a kind of psychological testing type thing. That bit wasn't. And in, but kid, I do remember him are, having like a big freak out about all oh, the the toys need to be mm-hmm. better. Yeah. Know. So I think he's he's the most sympathetic of these characters that are uh, mm-hmm. in the films that we've seen. Um, do you know the, the actor? sympathetic than George Bailey? <laughs> no, I mean like the uh, of the bad Santa <laughs> oh, type characters yeah. that we've seen. Fuck's sake! No, um, I've just kind of taken taken a note of a few of the things that I really liked. Like the, the there's a kind of the kind of Black Peter type sequence oh, where, uh, where he, he marks. Oh, because we both watched Stand as well. Well, I only watched half of it because yeah, because we both fell was so bad. We both fell. Did we both fall asleep during it? I did. I kind of fell asleep and just switched it off <laughs> because it was it was kind of. I think it's I think it's supposed to be by all reckoning it's a really good film, but the yeah. dubbing is the dubbing is atrocious and very and the very CGI bad. Is clumsy. As I, well. I didn't really mind the CGI. I thought it gave it a kind the of mystical kind of mystical quality. Um, but, but what yeah. you do is before you go into your big list of everything about sure. the film, we'll have a little wee break and come back and finish okay. this film up and then do our like our cheese. 
Excuse me, what are you doing? Are you looking for porn again? No. Well, what is that I see? It's not porn. It's the badassboobsandbodycounts.com website. I happen to be looking at the reviews in the boobs section of the site. They have a section of the site dedicated to boobs? Yes, they do. They cover exploitation films in the boobs category, action films in the badass category, and horror in the body counts category. What's that other option? BB and BC podcast? If you're not into reading the reviews, you can listen to them via the web on your mobile device through iTunes, and they cover the same types of films, lesser known action, exploitation, and horror cinema. So yeah, to answer your question, I wasn't cruising porn. That's too bad. What's too bad? That you weren't cruising for porn. Uh, why? Because I was feeling kind of horny. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Get back here. Hey, get back here. Okay, uh, so we're back. So we're, we're, we're back talking about Christmas Eve. Yeah, so we're saying about the, the kind of Black Peak type scene yeah. where, he, where he puts the mud on his hands and on his face. Yeah, that and was... And marks the marks the, the house. Um, and I was Yeah, was they, they, maybe because we are aware of that uh-huh. and we know what he's doing. Uh-huh. But that's not explained in the film. I think anybody that's not aware of like, these uh, kind of pre-Christmas uh-huh. type traditions throughout the world. Mm-hmm. I think this film fails to set up the Santa Claus character in the way that Rare Exports Maybe succeeds yeah, yeah, perfectly. Sure. Because you could totally watch this film and have no idea why he does the mud yeah, thing. And don't the get it wrong, I, mean, I, I know this isn't a perfect film, but it's certainly... I liked enough about it to make it make me kind of overlook the stuff that I didn't know. Yeah. And I think that's I think there's something. I might something have watched it. A, I might have watched it grumpy. <laughs> yeah. I mean the, the the film itself took ten years to actually get from production to. Um, they to actually find the script. Said eh? <laughs> <laughs> so the, the director was uh, Lewis Jackson, and he. He ain't getting no brain. What? That's uh, Samuel Lewis Jackson. Ah, right, wow. Okay. But I accidentally did a Mr. T impression mm. instead of Snakes in a Play. <laughs> yeah, because all black people are the same. Fuck you! <laughs> that's, that's a, I quite like that about Sand, is that you showed me that uh, in the Netherlands it's alright to do blackface. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. No wonder yeah. they get killed first. Spoiler, everybody <laughs> dies. So well, we, we assume, which neither of us have managed to like, get to the end yeah. of that film. There was a kind of, uh, tro- this was released by Troma in the year 2000, it was kind of re-released by them. Yeah, um, but then there's a, there's a more recent release as well, isn't there? That's the one that I own is the, the, Arrow. the Arrow version, which is very good, but it compiles a lot of the... The trauma You're actually extras. making me care about who releases films and stuff like that. <laughs> well, it's important. I, in this case, it's important because a lot of the stuff... Because they put a lot of work into their And so the trauma, well. uh, to be fair, the, the trauma release uh, of this had interviews with... Uh, with the, Santa Claus. Uh, with, with the actor who played, who played Harry. Because he has um, a mental snap and starts to think he is Santa Claus. Yeah. But Do you know he's Fiona Apple's dad? Is he? Yeah. The actor, well, the actor who played Harry is, is uh, Fiona Apple's dad. Uh, if nice. I ain't Fiona Apple, I don't give a rat's ass. <laughs> so yeah, um, and it was originally, it was supposed to have cost $400,000, um, but they ended up, they employed the... I thought it was like a million. 
quarter million eventually. It was a, sorry, three quarters of a million. Sorry, um, it was they employed a French cinematographer uh, called Ricardo Aronovich, uh, and that's what how it's got this kind of quite. Looks like it's all filmed on videotape. <laughs> <laughs> do you think? Do you really think so? Uh, well, I think it maybe I watch a different transfer. Quite maybe dreamy I, at times. I might have watched a different transfer, but it does. It's kind of hazy. Yeah, well, yeah. It's not. It's not clear at all. I quite so. like that. It kind of gives it a dreamlike quality to it, and I really dug it. My entire life is a dreamlike quality <laughs> thanks to Satal Pram. <laughs> I, I don't need that in movies. Quite though. nicely watched between that between that kind of traditional Christmas type thing and then the, the kind of quite gritty Henry Poultrita serial killer type. Mm. It kind of moved quite quickly between. Bad Lieutenant. Yeah, it yeah, definitely did. And I really liked it for that reason as I well. I think it would be nice if at the end of Bad Lieutenant he flies off into the sky in his wee car. With <laughs> his bottle of booze and all his trucks yeah. and his crack pipe. So I mean the, the film had been released, before the trauma version, it had been released basically illegally. The, the, mm-hmm. the director needed to sell their uh, the points, their the, the, the the ownership of points. it. Yeah, their nectar points. Um, needed to sell their points in the, in the film, the percentage points yeah. in the film. Um, so they, do they still not make any money from it then? They do now, but it took them a long time to get the money to get Shocking. the... To get the rights to the film back, so it was originally called "You Better Watch Out." Yeah. But the name has been changed over the years to "Christmas Evil and Terror in Toyland." Um, yeah, Terror in Toyland was the because I found it really hard to try and track down a copy of this because it is multiple different yeah. names. I mean, the director director's commentary noted that um, that he he seemed to think that the film was going to be released under its original name. And obviously was the original name Terror in Toyland? Sorry, the original name was You Better Watch Out. Ah. And he thought that it was going to be released under that name, but... That's the, a better kinda, name for this film as well, I think. The interview kind of hints at that he would have preferred it to be released under that name, but it was okay with Troma releasing it under Christmas Evil, because yeah. at least it was getting a distribution that he'd never had before and getting released I think released You Better Watch Out is, Yeah, it is a good it's, name. It's a much better name for this film, mm. because... It, it describes more what his character mm-hmm. goes through because, I mean, the the first thing you see the character doing is basically spying on kids yep. to note down which ones are good, which ones are bad, mm-hmm. and everything. And he said, "That's that's a bit creepy." Yeah, it does. It's, it comes across a bit creepy. It, yeah. it does. I think there's so much more they could have done with mm-hmm. that character. Yep. Okay. I think that the the big mistake in this film is having that scene at the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's supposed to kind of set up this character for you that you then go on and watch for the rest of the time. I think because that is in there, the people that made this film thought that's all we need to do mm-hmm. to put in this background for this character. But essentially, you you the only thing that ties together those two parts of his life is that when he's a wee boy he spies on his mother and his father who's dressed as Santa Claus while they're having a wee bit oh, of sex. Mm-hmm. It then cuts to him spying on kids. Yeah, yeah, fair point. And it's just it just doesn't work. I kinda of appreciated the lack of a the, the lack of a, a, a huge, huge origin story. Um 
if you if you will discount if you'll discount in the start, right? I don't think you need an origin story for him at all, but I think that you need something to give you a little bit of empathy for him. Yeah, sure. Okay. It's like because at one point he goes round and he spies on his brother mm -hmm. and his sister in law mm -hmm. having sex. Mm -hmm. And you're like, right, so this guy is a very voyeuristic type sure. person, but all his voyeurism is either people having sex or kids. Yeah. So and that, that just, yeah, I can understand that guilt. It was yeah, like, what? This just doesn't work. When you when you have an origin story, mm -hmm. you should make it an origin story that makes some sense. Yep. So you, in this film, I was left kind of going like, so he saw Santa Claus having sex with his mum. Now he wants to be Santa Claus, so does he want to have sex with his mum? Now he wants to go and watch his brother having sex. But he also watches kids. Yeah. And I was like... So, I mean, if we're discounting the start, though... If, if we're discounting all these things that make him quite a, a character that I did not like, mm -hmm. then maybe he'd be a likeable character. No, I just... You know, that, if you take... No, it, no, I'm, not, I'm certainly not saying that. I'm just saying in terms of... No, I was uh, saying that, though. Yeah, but, like, if, if you I'm, take away these, uh, mm -hmm. these things that seem to kind of jar against each other... Then maybe he would. I would have found him to be a bit more of a likable character. Yeah. But you know, if if he had only, if he, if he either only spied on the people having sex, mm -hmm. or only spied on the kids, mm -hmm. then that's fine. But putting his voyeurism into both realms, yeah, you kind of go. I'm not I sure. Think, I think if the, like there's contradictions that. there, but. I, I have to say I quite like the, the kind of, the, with, the, with for example Silent Night, Deadly Night, we've got a character who is clearly insanely neurotic and even yeah. though they're, even though they're, they're kind of, they, they don't kill the child that's not naughty, they're trying to, he's trying to find things like that wee girl's done so that he can kill her. Like the girl who, yeah. he, he's tries, he, he asks her, have you been naughty? Have you even done this? Gives and then gives her a knife, yeah. right? Whereas this this character Harry, it's a much more black and white uh, yeah, difference. But, and but Harry isn't like a he he doesn't seem to be a kind of touched character. Mm -hmm. He's not he's not like any form of simpleton or anything. No, he's no, just uh, he's just not. Uh, socially outgoing uh -huh. or anything like that and I I think that maybe if they'd made if they'd given the character a reason to be dysfunctional and to not get on with people or to to have people kind of look down on him sure. and for him to have like instead of like forget all the shit from the start of the film just a big deep love of Christmas mm -hmm. and for it to be the that's just his motivation yep. that he's kind of like a, an idiot savant type oh, sure. character and that the world slowly just mocks him mm -hmm. to a point okay. where he has this snap and takes on the persona of his idol mm -hmm. then that would be a good film yeah okay little boy that spied in his mom yeah grows up to absolutely. But do you agree that do the that, do you, do you agree work. that the kind of the black and white uh, side kind of works, and um, like the, the the kind of he's really really good with the kids. He is absolutely Santa Claus with well, the kids. He is, and then good he is. But 
he's he's also Santa Claus with the adults as well. Yeah, because sure. you've got the bit where he's invited into the bar. Oh. And the the thing is that one of his main motivations about doing the whole Santa thing is to punish that one wee guy that uh-huh. he doesn't like because he can because yeah, yeah. uh, he can do that as Santa. Mm-hmm. So it's not that he is an entirely innocent party to everything that happens to mm-hmm. him because the the fact that he's making a naughty and nice list mm-hmm. shows that he already has this uh, this idea of reward or punishment sure. within him. So mm-hmm. I, I still I think that's another thing that just made the character not really work for me. So yeah. when he's in the party <coughs> and everything's going kinda nice and everybody's enjoying himself and he's being really Santa Clausy. Instead of me going, Oh that's good, he's fitting in there, he's accepted, I was thinking But it only gave him must got see a a bag of ashes. Wasn't no, it? Bag of bag of dirt. Yeah. But yeah. But it's just the because he 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 hides in a bush and grabs the kid at one point. Mm-hmm. You know what was he going to do when he grabbed that kid if the kid hadn't got away? Mm-hmm. Okay. I I, I just think you're reading too much into it. I'm not reading too much into it. My my question is why why did Harry grab Moss? And you've no idea. No, I didn't. That's one of the things that I don't remember. Like when I watched this film, I thought. There's going to be like the the sexual conflict that you've got in Silent Night, Deadly Night, mm-hmm. and that that's introduced at the start with the whole Santa thing, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he's obsessed with kids and he's grabbing one from a bush. You know, I, I, it wasn't that I was. No, re- it, I, you are. Was, you're reading way too much. It wasn't that I was reading too much into. Yeah, it. I was just. I just watched the film, and. Took what you, and take what you could. Just right? saw. Yeah, like, I mean, there's, there's certainly kind of over. I mean, certainly when he's first spying on the couch, you're thinking, what the fuck? He's got his binoculars back to front. Yeah, I, I thought that. I thought Aye. that as well. Um, it's like he's no idea how he used binoculars. <laughs> Did you notice? In the, These kids are naughty. These are far away. <laughs> Did you notice? And um, the other one in Silent Night, it kept. Like the continuity was absolutely atrocious all the way through. It didn't bother me to be honest. Did you notice though? It's like there's there's like windows were open, then windows were shut. Yeah. There's like a line underneath something, then the line was gone. But I was wondering if that was maybe deliberate because I don't know if maybe because it may be attributed to the original. Yeah, whether there was bad continuity in the original or something like that. Well, there's certainly some bad continuity in the second one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, absolutely, absolutely. So. The the final scene with the van flying off the bridge. Yeah, I actually I wanted the townspeople to catch him by that point. That was a really cool scene though, wasn't it? Like with the, the townsfolk with their their, with their their torches and stuff. I I found that a bit too. They don't have torches. You know they, well no they don't have like flaming torches. Uh-huh. And all pickaxes. Yeah, so like. Why would people that have no reason to have flaming torches just suddenly have a shitload of them to just <laughs> distribute? Yeah, I I really like that scene. I have to say, and it's I like that as, scene as like a, I, a I homage think, to I the, think, well, the thing universal. The, the old Lloyd Kaufman thing is that you've not only to suspend your disbelief, but you've to keep it in a cage and torture it. 
this film definitely did that for me. Um, I just enjoyed it for what it was. I really dug it. Um, I didn't dislike the the film overall. I just Uh I found the character Harry quite difficult to actually give a shit about. Sure. Okay. Because I I just felt that he wasn't a fully rounded character. I'd, I'd say I out of like all it was the more than, more than the other ones, more than certainly more than like Billy from Silent Night. I, I, I think no, Billy from Silent Night Dead or right, is like an entire backstory, just, and it's just the psychological. I think snap they, they, that you put, have to they put it there, but it just didn't work. Whereas with us, I, I kind of. Oh felt yeah, but more then you get the great scene with the milk. <laughs> you know, it's worth it for that. Yeah. I just I felt more for this character than I did for for, for them because at least he was. I think he was I kind felt of real sorry for him. Whereas I didn't feel sorry for Billy. Sure. Okay. Well, I think we better round up quickly here um, because you need to get away and I've got, I, I need to be, be gone as well. So. Um, be gone. <laughs> I need to be gone. Um, okay, I sent a, a message going. We'll be a wee bit later, yeah. but that's fine. So I've still got. I think I'm going to have to wake up that Christmas elf again. Anyway. Yeah, I think she's sleeping. <laughs> Um, so this will be this will be uploaded at some point later on. Yeah, no rush. <laughs> or um, if you're listening, this was uploaded sometime earlier. So suppose we we <laughs> it's just a time travel joke there. Just, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we want to wish all of our listeners. Oh up. yeah, pass me the wee thing over. Oh god, go. Times of the end because yeah, fuck time. No, because uh. has got the guitar at least. Yeah. Over. But uh, you can you can uh, say your wee your wee Christmas thankies mm. after because uh, you'll know this song. So I'll just do like, a wee a wee chorus, and then it'll go to the like wee instrumental verse, and you can like pure rant over it. Okay. It'll be lonely. Christmas, lonely and cold, it'll be lonely this Christmas, without you to hold, it'll be cold, so cold, without you to hold this Christmas. Do you remember last year? When you and I were together, we never thought there'd be an end. And I remember looking at you then, and I remember thinking that Christmas must have been made for us. And you know, ladies and gentlemen, that's a bit like Jesus. <laughs> um, and it's also and a, bit like, a bit like Lovecraft. And Buddha. So we just want to say thank you very much for listening to Gillan Roscoe's Bodacious Horror Podcast. And you know, that's a bit like Lovecraft. It'll be lonely this Christmas. Lonely and cold. Yeah, I'm going to say that. So, have a very nice Christmas yeah. to you and yours. Um, a, oh, uh, I have I have a little thing for you, but I haven't wrapped it. Oh, that's nice. And well, I brought you a metaphysical gift as well. It's a gift of joy. Right, close your eyes. I'll close my eyes. Now open your eyes. Oh!
fantastic. It's Robocop on DVD. No, Thank you so much, it's not. Yeah. It's Pontypool. It's Which I've, I've actually said, he's probably already bought it. No, no, I haven't. <laughs> did, did, I'm quite sure that I said that this was one of my favourite films of the year. I bought that round the cup. Around the corner from your house. Oh, okay. well, thank you so much. Poundland. <laughs> was it? Yeah, Poundland down Yale Street. Wow, thank you very much. I got myself a copy as well. Wow, awesome. Well, thank but you. But I thought, I can't see Pontypool on DVD and not fucking I buy know, it. Absolutely. Well, fantastic. I'll get that. Thank you so much. That's and all right, you've got another present to come behind. No, 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 no. And I've, I've bought you a smaller present. It's just a, a small present. Not a fucking um, Twinkie. No. <laughs> um, so, uh, Gil and I are going to see American Mary with oh, the, yes, that's... Uh, question and answer with the, the director in January. So, we'd encourage anybody to, to get along to that if you can. And we'll be having uh, some drinks beforehand and the GFT <laughs> and, bar. And afterwards. Yeah, so come along if you can. So we just want to wish everybody that listens to us a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and to thank you so much for oh, listening. Oh, are we not doing one next to us? For the, the Christmas holidays? Yeah, I think we probably will. Because oh, I mean, well, we, we don't have to say New Year, yeah. Yeah, so which we're probably looking at uh, uh, a couple that, of New Year's Eve type type films. What, like uh, New Year's Evil and, no way. and Christine and... Uh, I was thinking Cloverfield. Fuck you. Do you not like Cloverfield? That would be a good one though, because I fucking hate Cloverfield. <laughs> there we go. Okay, well, we'll be back next week then, if, yeah. if all being well. Shouting. Uh, if the fates allow. So, have a great time with you and yours, and we'll see you next week. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. A spaceman came travelling on a ship from afar T'was like years of time since his mission did start and over a village he halted his craft And it hung in the sky like a star Just like a star He followed a light and came down to a shed Where a mother and child were lying there
ship in the sky which shone all round and just before dawn at the paling of the sky the stranger returned and said now I must fly when two thousand years of your time has gone by this song will begin once again To a baby's cry And it will